0: Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Uh, listen, we'd love to see you here on July the 3rd as we celebrate the 4th. Right? May the 4th be with you. So come out. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be a great morning and then some great food afterwards. You know, there's just something about getting together with food. Thank you, Buck. (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. Man, I don't know. I love food. Old friend of mine, old friend of ours, mentor of ours, Paul Schock used to say, I'd ask him, are you ready to eat? And he said, I was born hungry and never got over it. (laughs) So come out, come hungry that day. In fact, come the other days between then and we'll have great times together, right? Those of you who are online, come out and join us. It's about time you came home. Mm. Come on. Oh, sure, sure. Ivan can get away with it. I can't. What's the deal? I do want to congratulate the Golden State Warriors for their championship once again. I was honestly really blessed with many of the warriors who gave God the glory for the the ability to play in that game and to get where they go, uh, where they've come from and where they're going. Really did appreciate that. Um, now, I do want to congratulate the fathers of the house. There are so many great fathers in this house um, that are dads not only to their own blood children, but to many other children, spiritual fathers, and sometimes actual fathers of, of those who are not necessarily born to them. And so I want to especially thank uh, our Council of Elders, the, the men that are fathers in our Council of Elders. as Ted and Larry and Dave, and Mark, and Joe, and Mo, Joe, and Mo, I like that, and Christopher, and I just love these, these men uh, for their service to the body of Christ, and they really do father so many others in this, in this body, and, and in their workplaces, and those kind of things, so I want to thank and, and just congratulate the leaders in, uh, of the mission and the support team, who are fathers in the house. We have Alex and Joe and Al and Mark and Ryan, Dave, and, uh, and I have Mark here again. So Mark twice, Mark. Man, you get, you get doubly, triply blessed this morning. But so, and so many of you that are just part of this house that have fathered the house so extremely well. I just congratulate you for who you are and what you mean to us as a people, what you mean to me specifically. And then I really want to say happy Father's Day to my son, Ryan. Yeah who is a crazy good father, and my son Jeremy, who is also a crazy, good father, and they both they both pastor and love and father people all around them. Ryan does it within the house here. Jeremy, who is a lieutenant police uh, person at a nearby city, and uh, actually fathers in the Lord, many of the people that are under him. So I'm really just really proud of them. They are sons in whom I am well pleased. Really well pleased. Yeah. So thank you. And and we have a special gift out there for all the fathers in the house. Dad's root beer. There. So I just want you to know. This is good, good, good. Mm hmm. You ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of all the good things I like in the world, root beer is one of my favorite. So, thanks, whoever thought of that. Oh, with ice cream, of course, yeah. Of course. <clears throat> with ice cream with, and a piece of cake next to that, and, <laughs> or a brownie, or prime rib. It goes with everything. It's a universal drink. You don't have to try to match the wine to the meal. No, just take your root beer. It works. Oh, man, time. I'm so, yeah, okay. I know. Deb's giving me the, the sign. Aren't you thankful for Deb? Wait a minute. I think I just set myself up for that one. Uh, Kathy mentioned Something that that Ivan shared with us last week, he shared it as a prophetic word in seven parts and if you if you weren 't here please please look it up on youtube. Uh, it will bless you it 's a prophetic word for the house, but in seven parts, and I want to just quickly mention it very, very briefly because I want to talk about one of those this morning, and I want us to make some declarations around what he has what he spoke into the house because it 's when we declare these things, uh, everything in our life needs to be um, there's nothing that happens in the kingdom unless you declare it. There are things in our life, as Bishop Garlington says, there's, there's stuff in our life that simply needs us to speak to it. So declaration is really, really important. So we're going to make some declarations this morning. But here's what I've been taught, and I'm just giving you the brief. So go ahead and start putting, putting that up there, if you would, please, uh, Joe. You ready? The first one. Here we go. The grace period for being fear-led has come to an end. Yeah, come on. Uh, and he went on to say that making choices by fear will no longer be of any benefit. By the way, they never were any benefit to you. Yeah, they never have been. Uh, secondly, the grace period for staying home has come to an end. And, and this has a lot of implications. We'll talk about it another time. Just a lot of implications. It's not just about why are you staying home on Sunday mornings when you should be here. Embracing where two or three are gathered in his name. He's there in a special, unique way that you can't get anywhere else. Just the case. Uh, so staying disconnected from your root system is not healthy, and staying where you are is not an option. So. Number three, season of multiplication is knocking on the door. Season of multiplication is knocking on the door. Who's ready to answer the knock and open the door, huh? Come on. Let's do that. Number four, your season of warfare is coming to an end. I love, I love this. But I just want to clarify one thing. We'll probably cover this again another time. But I want to clarify one thing. He's not saying there's not warfare. That's right, that's right. Okay, there is warfare. In fact, uh, Scripture tells us to have the weapons of our warfare ready at all times because there is a warfare that we're in. But the unnecessary warfare that takes us out of, out of who we really are in Christ and confuses us and strips us of power and anointing, that kind of warfare has, needs to come to an end. And it is. And he said, the the church is not quivering. Love that. The shout of the king will be heard in the camp. Number five, no demon, no human has the power to stop the move of the Holy Spirit. God will do what he said he will do. He is faithful. Number six, the season of filling, not the season of emptying is upon us. The season of filling, not the season of emptying. It is the filling up of his glory and his people. His glory and his people. We sang a song this morning. I wish we had time to just sit here and just keep singing this song. It is one of my favorite songs in the whole world. It's written by Steve Fry, who's a friend of Deb and I. He and his wife, Nancy? Nancy? Oh, we haven't seen her for many, many years. They moved to, uh, not to Texas. <laughs> they made, huh? Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, although I think they did stop by in Texas on the way. Uh, just great, great people. We knew them when they were young and we were young. And Steve Fry has written some of the most beautiful hymns you'll, you'll, you'll ever sing. And that was it. Oh, the glory of his presence. We, your people. We, your temple. And it's just, just this wonderful effect. Let me read some of the words of it. I know we can't sing it here, but we, we got, I'm going to read some words. I think I wrote them down here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, the glory of your presence. We, your temple, give you reverence. Come and rise from your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace, as your presence now fills this place. Come and rise to your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace, as your presence now fills this place. That's a theme song for this house. It really, really, really is. And that was number six. Okay, number seven is is the one that uh, Kathy mentioned this morning. No debt can survive in the presence of generosity. He said, God is allergic to poverty. Come on. (laughs) Come on. We need this one in this day, don't we? Yeah. Generosity is principle of the kingdom and generosity is an antidote to the poison of poverty. Generosity is an antidote to selfishness, to lack and poverty. Now I could preach on that all day, you know I already have a few weeks ago, but let's let's move on. So those are those are seven things that he prophesied as declarations over the house. So uh, we we like to take hold of the words that God gives us and and process through them. And if we see f- know an amen, this is from the Lord kind of thing, then we we find ways to make that a part of who we are as a people. So um, we've written some declarations that we're going to speak right now. We're going to declare uh, out of those seven things. And if you're saying yes to these, I want you to speak these things out loud uh, to declare that there is that you come into agreement with this word that's been shared over the house. So if you'll stand up, <clears throat> and we're going to do this, and you got to do it with your voice. This is not your inside voice. This is your out- outdoor voice, okay? You ready? Okay, here we go. We declare that the time for being led by fear is over. Therefore... We embrace the Holy Spirit as our guide and comfort, and fear will not dictate our decisions. We declare that the time for staying home and away from our root system is over. Therefore, we give ourselves to be planted deep into the soil of relationship with God and others. We declare... That the season of multiplication is at our door. Come on. Therefore, we will open wide the door and welcome the harvest. We declare that the season of unnecessary warfare is coming to an end. Therefore, the voice of the empowered church will be heard in the land and the giants of opposition will fall. Come on. we declare that nothing has the power to stop the move of the Holy Spirit therefore we partner for his purposes to be done in our lives our families and our world yeah come on we declare the season of filling not emptying is upon us and his glory and his people will occupy the house therefore we present ourselves As vessels for his blessings and his power. We declare that no debt can survive in the atmosphere of our generosity. Keep it right there. Keep it right there. Our generosity. Not Not just generosity. Our generosity. Here we go. Try it again. We declare that no debt can survive in the atmosphere of our generosity. Therefore... We give ourselves as conduits of property-breaking prosperity and liberality. And we declare that we will have resources enough and more than enough to meet every need and fund every dream. Can you say amen to that? Come on. All right, let's go ahead and have a seat. I want to just look for a few minutes at just a few of these. Excuse me, just one of these. <clears throat> and that is the one, the time of being led by fear is over. Right now, fear-mongering in our society, which is the of, peddling of fear to bring about our desired result, yep. has become prevalent. Yep. It's, it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's in the stock market. It's, it's in... It's in politics, it's in every part, it's in businesses. The fear-mongering to bring about a a desired effect has become a way of manipulating society right now. The bigger concern for me is that often in the body of Christ, in the church, fear is becoming the daily bread of those who call themselves believers. You want me to stop now? Okay. And what this produces in us as believers is that we we have more belief in the power of things we fear than the power of the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Because we focus on what we fear instead of on his solutions. We believe more in the power of sickness than in the power of the healer. Believe more in the power of deception than the power of one who can guide us into all truth. Believe more in the power of the lie than the power of the truth. Believe more in the power of the enemy than in the power of God. Believe more in the economy of this world than the economy of the kingdom of God. And when we, when we accept fear as inevitable and as our normal reality. Something we have to live with. We become unbelieving believers. <laughs> but here's the truth. second Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. When we take on the spirit of fear, we lose all our power. We can't operate out of love. We'll operate out of frustration. We'll operate out of concern. We'll operate out of all the wrong things. Because we're not, we, we've taken on the spirit of fear. Yeah. And so everything's going to operate out of that. And then we're so tormented in our mind because we've taken on the spirit of fear. That's what happens to us. How many of you felt, in, especially as the economy's doing its thing, politics are doing their thing, Businesses are doing their thing. You have felt felt yourself starting almost tormenting in your mind. It's like, who do you believe? Where do you go? What do you do? That's because the spirit of fear is knocking on the door and we're opening the crack a little bit. You need to slam that door. And adopt the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That's what God has put in us. That's really who's in us. And when we operate outside that, we're operating outside of our normal, what we should be operating in. It's like, you know, you don't expect a cow to cluck like a chicken. You expect a cow to move. We are, we have been given the spirit as sons and daughters of God. We've been given the spirit that is power, love, sound mind whenever we operate outside of that, we are something we are not created to be. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right? Ivan Tate said something on Saturday morning that has stuck with me. I asked him about it afterwards. I said, Ivan, did you, have you ever said this before? I've never heard you say it. He said, that's the first time I've ever said it. It just, it just hit me as I was speaking. and it was this, It's this statement. The thing you fear becomes your Holy Spirit. Come on, let's think about that for a minute. The thing you fear becomes your Holy Spirit. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, in John chapter 16, there's, there's several verses there that Jesus is describing the Holy Spirit, and he mentions several things. And I don't have time this morning to talk about all of them, but I want to just look at very quickly three of them. One of them says he will guide you into all truth. If the thing you fear is your Holy Spirit... That thing you fear will guide you into the truth it wants you to believe. Ouch. And that's dangerous. Because your perceptions change and your perceptions become your reality. It's like, it's like even the thing of hope. You know, if, if, if you train your, yourself to look for things that have hope in them, that's what you will see all the time. Everywhere you look, say, so, oh, that's hopeful. Well, that's hopeful. I know it's all it says, but that's hopeful. Why? Because your reticular activator has been set on hope. But the opposite is true too. If you allow your reticular activator, that thing which causes you to zero in on something, to focus on what's wrong, what's, what's difficult, what's hard, what's impossible, all those things, then that's what will become your world. And that which you fear will guide you into the truth it wants you to believe. So if you fear lack, that will guide you into believing that you have no other choice. And if you fear lack, no matter, you know, it it may be a driving, compelling force to you because you fear it so much so you do everything you can to get everything you can. But what happens is if you're still operating in that fear of lack, it will never be enough. You hear me? It will never be enough. Some of the wealthiest people in the land are still operating in fear of lack. That motivates them. Yes, it motivates them, but they never, they're never satisfied on the inside. They're never It's never enough. So he will guide you into all this. What else does the Holy Spirit do? He glorifies Jesus. He said, he'll, Jesus said he'll glorify me because he'll take what is of me and he'll give it to you. He'll glorify. What does glorify mean? Well, it means to brag on, right? To brag on, it means to honor because they're worthy of something. So when, when that which we fear is our Holy Spirit, what are we going to glorify? Man, you guys are so quiet. I need another drink. <laughs> when that thing, of the thing we fear is, our, is what we glorify, what we look to, when the thing we fear is our Holy Spirit, it will glorify the things we fear and magnify its authority and power. Am, am I being... Uh, you, you okay? You with me? Okay, all right. Thirdly, it says he will speak of things to come. This is this is really good right here. If what we fear is our, well, you know, with Holy Spirit, what he what does he always want to say? And it's in Romans chapter eight. It's the main message of the Holy Spirit. It says His Spirit says to my Spirit that I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God, an heir of the promises and join air with Christ Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit's trying to get through to us. That's what he's talking about when he talks about our future. I know the plans I have for you, and it's plans for a future and hope. That's what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is trying to do in your life. But when you allow fear to become your Holy Spirit, he's going to talk about what's going to happen to you. Right? Because that which you fear will come upon you. So what you fear is your Holy Spirit. It will speak to you of the future dominated by your fear. And that's what will become your reality. What we fear becomes our Holy Spirit. That's a dangerous thing, isn't it? But it doesn't have to be. But that's what happens when we fear. Fear destroys All right, I got a couple minutes here. I'm going to share a story that I've asked permission to share from my son-in-law, <clears throat> Brian. Many of you know of Bryant Brian. was here, lived with us for a long time, and then went into the Army. Um, tomorrow, by the way, is the 13th anniversary of our daughter's death. Father's Day is always unique for me. She passed away on the day before Father's Day. 2019. So it's always a unique time anyway. And then thinking about this whole thing of fear and recognizing that when Deb and I walked through a part of our journey following that, we, we really allowed the spirit of fear to dictate our choices. You know, you lose your daughter. You have two little kids. Ryan and, and Des raised uh, Amy's two little children while uh, Bryant was off in the military. And uh, for 18 months, and did a magnificent job. But when Bryant got out of, out of the military, came home and, and took the kids, which they're his kids, and that's who needs to raise them. But he was operating in a spirit of fear, and he believed that we were wanting to take his children from him. And so he, he cut us off from the kids. Now, some of you have grandkids. You can't imagine just what that's like. You know, you say, no, you can't see your grandkids anymore. We were able to see them if we went to a ball game where, where one of them was playing ball. But that's all we could do. That, that was not only his response in fear, but that we stepped into that fear because we'd lost our daughter and now we're going to lose our grandkids. You hear me? And that spirit of fear was dominant over our spirit of faith or love or sound mind. We, we were tormented by that. And we, we tried what well, we thought we tried everything we could to, to communicate with Bryant, and he just refused to communicate with us at all, didn't want to talk about it. Um, and that went on for several months. And we'd heard that you could... Uh, they're actually grandparents' rights in California, especially in the situation that our kids, grandkids came out of. And you can, you can actually take them to court to get to win that. All we wanted was some visitation. We just wanted to have normal life with them. We weren't trying to take them from him. Uh, I'll tell this real briefly, but it was, it was tormenting to us So we got a lawyer and we filed for grandparents' rights. And it came out of a desperation. Not a healthy one, I don't believe. But out of desperation. And we uh, ended up in court one day and he came. Came with his lawyer, we came with our lawyer. And uh, the judge looked at us both and said, you seem to be Normal people. <laughs> I think Bryant was probably thinking, you, you really you don't know these guys. <laughs> he said, I'm going to send you an arbitration. We'll work this thing out. We left there that day and uh, discouraged, but, you know, we were going to go through with it. That weekend, uh, Bill Johnson was here, and he was preaching Deb and I were sitting like right down over here. And this thing was dominated us. Spirit of fear. We're going to lose our grandkids now. Now we have to let the court determine how many times we can see them. Under what conditions we can see them. And Bill was, was talking and I, I don't know what took him to this moment. But he, he stopped and he said there are, two, there are two things that determine the choices we make. One is fear and one is love. And every everything you decide, everything you choose comes out of one of those two places. I didn't hear anything. Deb and I never heard anything else he said. It's, it hit us so hard and, and it awakened our spirit to realize that's how we were operating. Our choices have been determined by the thing we feared. So we looked at each other and we said can't do this we have to act out of love we have to choose love we have to understand god loves us enough that he's not going to he's he's not blind to what's happening that god loves bryant that god loves our grandchildren that we then can act in love towards bryant and towards this situation and make our decisions and choices out of love instead of out of fear We made that declaration to each other on Sunday. It was Saturday. It was Saturday. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. I don't remember which. I get an an email from Bryant, and he never was responding to anything except to say no. And he said, I'd like to talk about this. What had happened? The atmosphere changed. We stepped out of powerlessness into power. He didn't know what we had decided. We decided we're not going to go through with this lawsuit. We're not going to do that. That's how operating outside. And listen, there are times for those things. But we were operating out of fear. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to drop this lawsuit. He didn't know that. But he emails me. We need to talk. I want to work this thing out. So on, I think it was Thursday of that week, he and I met at, at Pete's coffee shop. And in about an hour and a half, we charted out how we could move forward. It was a huge breakthrough. We began to have normal life with our grandkids. Bryant began to respond to the family again. And right now they live in Alabama, which I hate. The two of them are going to be out here this summer. We're going to spend some time with them. We bring them out every summer. Bella's now 18, graduated from high school, works two jobs, has her own car. I don't get it. Samuel was a miracle child, said that Amy would never be able to have children. She had Samuel David. He's 14. He's 13 or 14, right? 13 years. 13 years since she passed. So he's 14 and a half. Here we go. My a mathematician here. 14 and a half. Bryant has remarried a wonderful woman. We love her. She's a head nurse in a hospital. She loves Jesus. She, her, her, her brother-in-law or sister-in-law, I, don't was, I think it's her sister and brother-in-law, do medical missions down, down into the Central America. And the kids are doing amazing. Our relationship with them is amazing. It came out of saying we choose love instead of fear. We choose love instead of fear. I'm very proud of Bryant as a father. So Bryant, if you catch hold of this, he listens to us every once in a while when he has nothing else to do. (laughs) I I want you to know I'm very proud of you as a father, as a husband. Done really well. That doesn't happen if we stay in the spirit of fear because fear, That's right. That's right. what we fear, will dictate our choices. That's right. So how do we defeat fear? End with this. One, you choose love. You choose love. And this is not choosing like it's not like it's not like straining to be loving. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be loving. <laughs> it's not what it is. It's, it's actually accepting and embracing the love of God for you. 1 yes. yes. John. It says, we love him because he first loved us, right? Well, the word him actually isn't in, in, in the Bible. They put it in there because it does make sense. But it really is, we love because he first loved us. Our authority and ability and power to love comes because we receive his love for us. Because we accept it and we embrace it. That's, that's when it happens. Ephesians 3, is, Paul is praying for us and he says, I pray that you'll be rooted and grounded in love, able to comprehend all the dimensions of the love of God, that you would you would know, which is a word for experience, you would experience the love of God, which passes all understanding. Because unless we do that, we can't love. We can't uh, operate in love. So it's not grunting and groaning and trying to make ourselves be loving. Some of us could use that. But that's not how it works. It works because we know we are loved and because we embrace the love of God for us. And for the people around us. So choose love today. That's how you'll defeat fear. Perfect love, what? Cast out fear. Cast out all fear. That's right. And who's the perfect lover? Well, he is. Right. So embrace his love. And secondly, believe God's word and embrace the reality of His promise to ever be with us. Yes. Isaiah forty-one, ten. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. Why? Because I'm with you. The one who loves you perfectly is with you. We often talk about God like he's not in the room. You notice that? He's actually here. He's actually here. No, He's he's really here. When we embrace the fact that He is always with us, we can walk into any situation, and though fear will come at us, it will knock on our door, but we don't have to answer the door. It will come. And sometimes we walk through things with that sense of feeling fear, but we don't take on the spirit of fear. There's a difference. You'll have a, an apprehension, a spirit of fear. Deb, Deb says this about, uh, about hope is our courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the presence of hope. Yeah. So fear does come and, and it goes, but we, we, we choose whether we're going to fall under its spirit and allow it to become our Holy Spirit. So I, I did this thing, uh, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was Friday. I looked through scripture at all the fear nots or do not fear. And I wrote down why God said don't fear. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I'm going to read right through this really quick. So if any of these hit you, just, you know, grab hold of them. Maybe, maybe something you're struggling with. But here it comes. You're really ready. All right. Ready? All right. Fear not, for I have heard you. <laughs> If you don't respond, it's going to take really long to get through these 33 things. (laughs) 33 of them. I got 33 of them here. Fear not, for I have heard you. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I will help you. Fear not, for I will hold your right hand. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Fear not, because you are chosen. Fear not, for you are greatly loved. Fear not, for I have done marvelous things for you. Fear not, for I am coming. <laughs> Fear not, for I will keep your, my promises. Fear not, this is just a test. <laughs> you get it? Fear not, for this is just a test. Fear not, for I have made your enemies your provision. This is, this is Jonathan and Caleb saying, there are lunch. Fear not, for I fight for you. Fear not, for I will go with you. Fear not for I will not leave you. Fear not for I will not forsake you. Fear not for I have delivered your enemy into your hand. Fear not for I hold your life in my hand. Fear not for there are more for you than are against you. Fear not for I will finish what I started. Fear not for I have, I am your refuge. Fear not for I am your strength. Fear not for I am your help in trouble. Fear not for I am on your side. Fear not for I come to save you. Fear not, for there is no God beside me. Fear not, for I I will not shame you. Fear not, for I am determined to do good for you. Fear not, for I will reveal the truth. Fear not, for I value you above all else. Fear not, for it is my pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, for I have adopted you as my own. And fear not, for I run to you to help you in time of trouble. Come on. So fear not. Stand up with me. We're going to do these declarations one more time. Joe, if you'll put those decks up, please. I'm going to go through these declarations one more time. This will be our concluding prayer. Concluding declaration. And when we're finished with this, uh, Prophetic teams, go ahead and go and over there prepared. We have prophetic teams here to, to prophesy all the fathers in the house. You can just line up over there when you're, uh, once, we, once we do this declaration. How many of you know what it is to, hear, to have fear knocking on your door? How many of you will determine from this day on not to answer? Listen, the key is, is, is not to just not answer that. It's to answer the door of hope. It's to answer the door of love. It's to answer the door of peace that only God can bring. It's answering His door that keeps us from answering that door. All right, so here we we go. Ready? Come on, come on. We declare that the time for being led by fear is over. Therefore, we embrace the Holy Spirit as our guide and comfort. And fear will not dictate our decisions. We declare that the time for staying home and away from our root system is over. Therefore, we give ourselves to be planted deep into the soil of relationship with God and others. We declare that the season of multiplication is at our door. Therefore, we will open wide the door and welcome the harvest. Can you say amen to that? Amen. We declare that the season of unnecessary warfare is coming to an end. Therefore, the voice of the empowered church will be heard in the land and the giants of opposition will fall. Yes, come on. We declare that nothing has the power to stop the move of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we partner for his purposes to be done in our lives, our families, and our world. Here we go. We declare the season of filling, not emptying, is upon us. And his glory and his people will occupy the house. Therefore, we present ourselves as vessels for his blessings and his power. We declare that no debt can survive in the atmosphere of our generosity. Therefore, we give ourselves as conduits of poverty-breaking prosperity and liberality. And we declare that we will have resources enough and more than enough to meet every need and fund every dream. All right. So, Father, thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. So, Lord, we just break off the spirit of fear wherever it tries to hide in us today. Wherever that place is, we just say, no longer. Lord, we take hold of your love. We recognize your dynamic, incredible, overwhelming, powerful love for us. And we embrace that. And we say, Holy Spirit, teach us more of how you love us. Teach us more of what it is to be loved by the Father. And Lord, we embrace your word that declares you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You will never walk away from us. There'll never be a day you walk in and say, I don't love you anymore. There'll never be a day when you step aside. You've committed yourself to be with us. In all that you are and everywhere you are, everything you are is present and available. So we need not fear. So we love you this morning. Thank you, Father, for overwhelming sense of who you are in this fresh day. And we just command that spirit of fear just to not even get close. We're not going to answer the door. We're not going to answer the door. But we answer the door to the one who stands at the door. And knocks and is just wanting to come into those places where there's hurt. Those places where there's fear. Those places where there are circumstances that just seem to keep attacking. You stand at the door and you knock and just waiting for us to open the door to you. So we do that right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. God bless you. Don't forget your root beer and don't forget your prophetic words, fathers. And... Uh, Ministry team, if you have any ministry team that's available, come on down front. You'd like somebody to pray with you? Do that.